0: You're listening to Sex in Iceland with me, your host Sikaduk, an Icelandic sexologist. So yeah, Mike was here. You might have read or heard about it, and the companies that were in Hafþé, which were, which is the um, house where the meeting took place between Mike and Guðni. And some other people. Guðni is our Gwyney is our Icelandic pre- is the president of Iceland. Um, everybody flew, or a lot of companies flew, L G B T Q I A plus flags. So there were a lot of rainbow flags, a lot of love. Even though you know, the guest, um, quote unquote, on, on, of. On, guest of honor. Yeah, you could say that wasn't maybe feeling the love, but we were trying to give and show love. And apparently our um, prime minister, Katrin Jakobsdottir, she kept reaffirming how important equality and environmental issues were for Iceland. And then the president was like, yes, and we also believe in gender equality and peace and love and equality for everyone. And so I guess that would have been an interesting meeting. But I wasn't there, but I put something on Instagram. Anywho, what have I been busy doing? Well. I just got my novel back, Dade, after having been read now by three professionals. So one was the editor and one was like proofreading. And then one was like giving me comment or feedbacks and comment. Yeah, comments on like content because I was really unsure. You know, when you're writing a book, it kind of feels like you're in a little chamber all by yourself and you don't know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you're kind of going, God, this is such a boring novel. Why would anybody read this? It sucks ass. Well, mine does uh, quite literally. But um, but it feel, felt really good, just like giving it a break, handing it over to somebody else and then getting it back and being like, okay, you know. Is this crap or is it something that people might actually be interested in reading? And um, so far, the verdict is that people might be interested in reading it. Although it's a lot of lot of penis love, it's a lot about um, like a just like this boy's journey. That it is his journey into the penis and orgasming and having sex with partners and talking about it with his friends and discovering like what sex is and what love is and what heartache is and he's really like he's broken you know but he's still trying to figure out like okay I want to be this stud people think I'm this stud I gotta live up to that image but secretly inside I am crushed because um in the previous book his um then girlfriend Vera she broke his heart Well, he broke hers first, but, you know, it's like these stories are up for debate. You know, I wanted people to discuss it. I wanted wanted them to be like a conversation point. Hopefully, I don't know, maybe I've succeeded. I don't know. But um, on my agenda for 2020 is uh, translating those books into English and then into other languages and I'm slowly but surely working on that but that's just something I will definitely so I'll take those two and have them translated uh, for 2020 so they'll be available to a wider market um, yeah what else has been in the news I was really happy about that and hopefully I will send it get it printed in October September, oct- like late September late th- later this month or early October that is my plan um, I'm also planning a penis event, probably gonna call it scrotum night or something like that, like balls night I don't know, it doesn't sound as good in English, in Icelandic, it's gets punkakvalt. It sounds much better, but basically it is balls or scr- scrotum, if you will Um, so it's gonna be like a penis themed education slash stand up slash like stuff, I don't know But it's all penile related And when I say stand-up, it's not like make fun of penises. It's like, you know, let's make fun of, like, my experience with penises and what boys in sex set tell me about their penis, you know. So it's based on that kind of stuff. I think it's going to be fun. I hope it's going to be fun. I hope it's going to be educational and fun. So, you know, I've booked this amazing, very... This amazing venue that's very kind of what do you say it's it's kind of industrial yeah it's industrial and it's about to be turned into a bowling place like a bowling alley so um i'm probably one of the last gigs that's going to be booked there which also makes it feel kind of cool you know so it's behind it's um, not behind it's below this um hipster hostel slash hotel in reykjavik that's called Kex. so if you go to reykjavik they usually have um kind of affordable accommodation and i've stayed there it was very nice Um, But um, yeah, so I want to have the penis event there and I'm managing that then I'm going to or before the penis event because that's not until November in um, Like two weeks time. I'm going to the Nordic Association of Clinical Sexology conference in Gothenburg which I've said before and I'm doing two things. So I'm doing a poster presentation um, on periods on a new way or like how we need to look at period those of us who educate about periods and those of us who are researching it so hopefully like I have a data set from um, 4,000 I have 4,500 um, answers from th- three separate surveys that were done here in Iceland and I am hoping that some of these answers inform, you know, the attendees of Knox on if they are educating or about to educate or what to research menstruation, that they are mindful of this data and that it might steer them, I don't know, hopefully in a new direction. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I just started this poster and I wanted to do it really, really crazy. So I was like, you know, looking at what other people are doing in regards to posters. Because to me, you know, when you go to a conference, the posters—they're kind of like, wah, 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 you know, they're just like. There's supposed to be this visual presentation of data. I think they call it data visualization. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, it's pie charts and it's those kinds of things. But I, I mean, how interesting is it really? You know, and it's mostly just statistics from the study, and then it's like a summary of the study. It's like a. It's like reading a paper, but it's like in bullet points and it has the, um, you know, it's like a paper but in bullet points on a big sheet of paper all laid out flat so you don't have to you know, flip any pages and I mean, I, I understand that these posters need to have a certain set I, I understand that they can't be just willy-nilly you know, whatever you fancy that they are because and I, I understand and I recognize that there needs to be some standardization like for, with the APA What's it called? The APA. Oh my God, this is so bad. Um, the American Psychology Association with their, um, when you're doing your thing at the end. Oh my God, where have my English word they have left? They have left with Mike on a plane to America. Anyway, when you're doing that, your bibliography. Thank you, Lord. So I know that APA has the set of rules on how to do a bibliography and stuff like that and how to cite sources, and I get that. Like, I love that there are rules about font sizes and fonts and stuff like that. But just thinking about, like, there seem to be no rules when it comes to these... Poster presentations, and usually to me, like I'll be reading some posters, and sometimes you're kind of like, Wow, that's very uninteresting, or like, Where are the interesting bits? or you're like, Oh, it's super interesting, but there's like nobody to ask or kind of contact, and it's like, Yeah, okay, that's an interesting pie chart. I would have really liked to ask you or known more about that, but you know, it kind of stops there for me. Like, I, I've, I've, I've failed to understand the importance of poster presentations. Kind of, I have to admit. So when I was, like, notified, like, yeah, you're doing a poster presentation. I was like, what the hell? But then I thought about it. And when I did uh, my first novel last year, I did like an art show around it and I loved doing it so people were like why would you do an art show about a book it doesn't make sense it's a novel it's not an art show and I I guess it wasn't like an art art show like a very cool thing that you would graduate from with a degree or anything but it was like a fun thing or at least to me it was fun and To some of the people that attended they thought it was fun so i was like wouldn't it be fun if we totally flipped out on this poster oh my god if you're listening to this and you're going to knox i'm sorry i don't mean to hype this up so bad and you're going to be like where i don't see the poster it looks like all the other posters hello But hopefully it won't look like all the other posters. Hopefully it'll be totally decked out, it'll be super-ooper-duper-cool, and um, it'll leave you with, like, food for thought, you know? I'm not shaming other posters. I'm just saying, to the scattered brain me, I love when things are a bit different, a bit colorful, playful, funny, you know, humorous. But also, you know, I was thinking about, like, I love when you see those, like, high school presentations and, like, kindergarten, maybe not kindergarten, maybe middle school presentations where they're, like, gluing stuff to, like, a big cardboard and they're, like, this is the uterus and they've, like, cut out a uterus and they have maybe, like, cotton swabs for, um, cotton balls for, um, the egg or the ovary and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, it's like, I love that stuff. I think it's super cute and, like, super fun and playful. But I think to others, it might seem very infantile and very, like, oh my god, like, did you... Where did you get your degree? Like, do you know anything? So... A part of me is like super excited to make it totally fun and interactive and I'm gonna pr- print postcards there that are going to be a part of it so you can grab something to have with you which is like more food for thought and you know I'm doing all these kinds of things to just engage people and uh, hopefully push the conversation further but I also recognize that amongst my colleagues they're going to think I'm a total idiot not all my colleagues but some they're gonna be like oh My God! Like people know this. Why is she presenting this data? And you know, why does it look like a four-year-old drew on it? Like, what is wrong with her? You know, but you know, it might be insecurity. But but I've heard those voices. You know, I've I've heard it said around me. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But I mean, I'm gonna take photos of it and share it on social media and stuff, and probably on Facebook and stuff. But. I don't know when I say social media, I usually think of Instagram, but you know, those kinds of venues and things. And we'll see. I mean, we'll see. It's gonna take me some time. Like, I have two weeks to do this and i literally started yesterday and i have the data set of 4500 answers to go through three separate studies and i mean that's what i've been doing for the past couple of days is going through the answers and they were so interesting it just and i'm sorry for you for you people who are like listening to this podcast know like oh we want some sexy tidbits on how to be bitter at Canelingas or something. This is not that episode. This I don't know if I ever have an episode that's actually going to be that episode. But this episode is a little bit about this um, nux conference because it it weighs heavily on my mind at the moment. So um, yeah, so I've been I've been sifting through this um, these answers from these three surveys that I did that have yeah those um, over four thousand five hundred answers and um, and I mean each survey has like. 10 to 20 questions, so it's a lot to sift through, and to me in research, I really love well, quantitative and qualitative, so like a combined method, mixed method I love when it's used together because to me, I mean, I recognize that you can do all sorts of fancy cool things with the data, with like statistical data, I recognize that you can be like, okay, but how is it for those who this and this and that, how do they react to this and this and that, and I think that's cool, but I also think it's very important to allow participants to be able to write something, to get like a deeper knowledge. So we have the percentages, but like, what do they mean, you know? So when I asked people, I was like, because I, there are three studies because I used one to like inform another one. So one was like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder why people said that. So I asked another question, you know, leading off of that with a new study to see if I was gaining better insight into it so like one of the things that really struck me is that um I asked people about how like how they felt during ministration during their period and when I read through uh, when I sifted through the answers I had people just like um like statistically describe their feelings you know like I'd put up these various words and people you know could check their boxes but then I asked you know okay so I asked them to write their answers, and then then I got a much more in depth. And people were describing PMS more, you know, a lot of them. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So they were like, I actually feel feel much worse the week before my period starts. Then as it starts, I'm like, Ooh, release. Whereas other people were like, okay, so I don't I don't have PMS, but when once my period starts, I get cramping, I get this and this and that, you know. But for some people, when you say period, like they include pms in starting your period or they include starting the first day of your period that includes sometimes the um, brown discharge or for some people they just start their period like like they start to bleed like they have no symptoms or anything but the day that they start to bleed it's like here are all my symptoms so to me that was so interesting i was like wow and reading and sifting through all the comments and all the stories that i got i was like wow, this is such a diverse um, experience and, you know, not just diverse between like, it's not just individualistic, you know, so just, it's not just like, okay, this is your individual experience of your period because it also differs between periods within that same person's, not only in a lifetime, but within cycles, you know, between cycles. So that to me was like, wow, are we going about this the wrong way? You know? And um, I don't know, maybe I need to read more studies, you know, I need to, but I, I, I'm trying to keep up with the times. But, you know, I'm still going, are we asking the right questions? Like, are we going, are we educating about periods the right way? I'm not sure. So I've been collecting a lot of period photos for um, a couple, like some months now, I guess, like um, almost a year. Not, you know, I, I, and I have, a, I, have a good, I have a good size of photos about now, but I still want more, so I'm still shooting those and, and receiving them for people who want to send me those. And um, and, and my partner, he was uh, helping me with the poster, not helping me. He's designing it, so he's doing more than helping me. So he's designing the poster, and I was like, we have to use the photographs. It's so super important that we use the photographs. And I was showing him like close-ups of pads with you know not only menstrual blood, but you know like the um, the little thingies that are in your menstrual blood. The, it's like some people call them like what were they called oh some people said that they were like um it didn't call them ants but they call them like little like larvae or something yeah yeah, yeah like blood larvae. do you have that in english <laughs> i don't know but i was like oh, i get what you're saying clots and stuff like that but somebody did use the word la- larva um yeah oh, clots and stuff like that so it, i mean it the the period blood it isn't you know, like any other kind of blood, there's lots of stuff in it, and I was like, we don't ever see that. You know, people need to don't know that there's stuff in blood, and they need to know that it's like brown and very dark red, and then light red, and you know, it's all these different shades and colors of red, and and maybe we need to move past just showing showing it as like a Pantone um, coloring sheet or I don't know different red colors of uh, nail varnish or whatever, but it was just like. And I was saying to my partner, I was like, don't you think this is fun? Oh, this is so much fun. And he was like, uh, I don't know about that. It, I, don't, I, I, I don't think it's maybe fun, but it's, it's interesting. I'll give you that. And I was like, you know, with his face scrunched up to the computer and this huge big pad just covered in blood. And I was like, oh, I love how graphic it is. And he's like, mm-hmm, yeah, I bet you do. So anyways, I'm excited about that. And if you are at Knox, say hi to me you know or if you don't want to no obligation like I don't know who listens to this but it would be cool you know and I'd love to hear a compliment about my poster no I'm kidding I'm kidding you don't need to compliment me about the poster I just hope that you know somebody's like huh that's funny and then maybe just goes and have a coffee or something you know just if it brightens somebody's day and you're like huh I never did think about that that is interesting even better you know you don't need to tell me about it just so you know it's gonna be there but I am presenting on um, so I'm gonna hang up that poster and deck it out as best I can and then I'm presenting on humor the importance of humor in sex ed and so that's going to be an oral presentation so like a PowerPoint presentation and this is actually something that I I find is really at the heart it's like the key to my approach to sex ed and education, and um, I don't know if I told you guys this, but before I started sex ed, I was doing financial education, and that's really how I discovered that I loved talking to teens, and that I loved, you know, educating, and I loved standing in front of an audience and, and speaking. Uh, it was really when I was working for a bank before I went and did my masters um, that I was like, bam, this is what I'm meant to do. Like this is amazing, and I also love talking about money, but. Um, I love sex more. So anyway, or you know, yeah, I guess you could say that. So um, I will be present. yeah, and, and I've, I've noticed, you know, have you seen, have you noticed, you might not have noticed it, but I'm going to tell you anyways. If you listen to interviews with a lot of comedians and stuff, they usually say like um, comedians, they are the least respected group of actors. It's like, oh, you're a comedian. It's like you're the anus of the acting community. And it's um, it's also like, oh, you do comedy, you know, it's it's not respected as an art form. And it's like, oh, you make people laugh. How awkward. Kind of, you know. So I was watching the show on Netflix. I think it's called like Funny in the Most Dangerous Place of the World or something like that or or funny till death or something. Um, and there's this, um, host who, and of course I don't remember any names cause I never do, um, who visits different countries. Like, you know, he's like in Iraq, Iran, um, Somalia and these places, Pakistan, I think. And these places that have been having these, like a lot of difficulties for many, many years, you know, like war ridden countries and Syria. Yeah, yeah, I said that already. And, um. And he was asking people like what's the deal with stand-up in your country what do you make jokes about and who's your audience and stuff like that and i was like that is so cool because they really they really got to the heart of why humor is important and how we can be used and i think we see that with like trevor noah and we see it with all these political commentators how the use of humor just lets us kind of it's a release it's a release of sorts because when you're just like you're so messed up in the situation that you're in and you feel like you have no control and that may even be the truth, it's not just your feelings, like you have no control over the situation, you have to be able to get that release without just crying and sometimes laughter will lead you into crying and often it's intertwined, like today... I, I did a reply to all when I should not have done a reply to all. And I did it not once, I did it twice, yes. And I don't even have, I don't know to how many people my email went out to, but it was just, uh, I mean, I guess it was bad. But I just burst out like nervously laughing and I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. And then I sent this email that I was like, Oh my God, this is so funny. And I didn't even get a reply. And I just started laughing hysterically and crying and you you know that feeling. Um, And I'm not saying that's what you're supposed to do during sex set. You're not supposed to laugh hysterically and, and start crying but it's so important when you're talking about topics that are so close to people's hearts and they're so hard they're so difficult and they're shrouded in shame and um, they're taboo and you know and you're like oh my god can i talk about this and then all of a sudden not only can you talk about it you're like laughing about it so that's usually my way in you know it's not like i'm like hey two tomatoes walked over the good road it's it's not that i'll tell a joke But I'll be like, oh, you know what, guys? I give you guys permission to laugh. Because often when I enter the um, classroom, I've noticed teachers are like, do not laugh. This is a serious matter. You need to listen to her. And then as soon as the teacher leaves, I'm like, you guys can laugh. It's fine. I know penises are super funny. And like vulvas, you know that they can almost fly? It's amazing. And then they're like, they burst out laughing. And then I might do like a little vulva, 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 cunt pussy licious, penises all over the place and they'll be like oh my god she's so weird and crazy and then I'll be like okay now let's start the lecture everybody's laughed a little bit everybody's relaxed now we can start and I feel it really it's a good release of the um, atmosphere but you as an educator or, and you as a presenter have to be able to hold that you know you have to be able to engage with it so like now i'm on my way to do a stand-up gig for um this newly founded young women's um like women's club i don't know for some sports team or for a sports team obviously i know which sports team because i'm driving to them and um i and i don't you know i don't know i i listened somewhere to this um talk about stand-up or comedy or something that they were saying this famous comedian was saying never go into a room and start saying you like what's up in the house how are you guys doing and i find it quite interesting quite funny when um comedians or just like actors or i don't know professional people say say do like a do's and don'ts because they don't think there's like a holy do and don't i think it's like you know you need to be able to read the room that you're in you need to be able to yeah, kind of read the situation as well but also you need to be able to kind of manage your crowd and if you bomb or if you fail or if you're not doing good like how are you going to turn that around because you will get a difficult crowd be it at a club or at, um, at the, in the classroom you know there are always this, those situations and you can always have like an unruly student or um, a disrespectful um, guest or whatever it is so I think it's also, it's, it's a lot of um, practice. It's a lot of practice in being able to remain spect- respectful of the person whilst being able to answer that person and hold that person as accountable as you can in that moment and situation. But it's also about being able to laugh at yourself, laugh at your mistakes and also kind of, you know, have fun. So that's kind of been my guiding light in sex ed. It's not about me having fun. And I know it's not about them having fun, but still I want them to have fun. I want them to have a pleasurable memory from sex ed. I want them to go out of a class and not just be positive in regards to sex and pleasure, but also be like wow that felt really good like I felt so good to laugh because it's such a great release and that's what we're often talking about with sex we're talking about release so yeah so I'm going to be talking about that Uh, I promise you there will be a photo of a jester am I saying that correctly? you know the yeah anyway but um, I have to tell you I, I don't know if I'm able to put up a photo of a clown like clowns seriously scared me I hate clowns I have not seen the new IT movie, nor the new, new, the newer IT 2, I'm not sure I could handle that. Like IT from my childhood still haunts me in my dreams. The Stephen King IT from like 92 or something, Jesus Poppy. Um, but yeah, clowns, comedy, I'm gonna dive into the use of humor, and um, I found a great article about humor and existentialism, so humor in relations to death, and I mean... Of course, I'm gonna have to do a nod to Monty Python, that goes without saying, and I don't know who other comedy legends I will do, I will like have a little salutations towards. Like I love Trevor Noah, but I also love a lot of comedians that like I don't necessarily even know the name of, like I'll just see something on Netflix or something on YouTube and I'm gonna be like, I love you, you are funny and amazing, but um, we'll see. I hope it's going to be interesting. I'm probably going to tape it and I'll probably share it on my Facebook if I know myself correctly because knowledge is for sharing. Am I right or am I right? We need to skill share and um, yeah, and we need to let people know what we know so that the knowledge gets spread around and more people find out the truth. The one global truth. No, I'm kidding. I sound like something from like, I don't know, some weird organization. But you know, you know where I'm getting with this. You know where I'm going. Ooh, a horse in traffic. What the hell? Why can't people drive um, rotaries? Aren't they called rotaries? I think so. Roundabouts. Uh, Rotaries, that's another thing. Okay, I'm gonna stop. This is turning into some shenanigans. Until next time. this week's episode of sex in iceland you can find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and on social media i'm on instagram and facebook and on si double gado double com. that's sickaduck.com see you guys later